Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Spirit of Grace Church. I'm so glad that you're able to be with us tonight. And uh, I want to talk a little bit tonight on a subject that there's no way that I can finish in about 25 minutes or so. But I do want to share with you some things about it, and that's spiritual gifting. And uh, I believe in the gifts of the Spirit, but I believe there's also, I break it down, several people break it down different ways. But I believe there's at least three different categories of spiritual gifts, if you will. And that's what I want to talk to you a little bit about this evening. So I'm going to read from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. And just before we read the word of the Lord, I want to just welcome you to our online church. We're so thankful that you're able to be with us. If you don't have a home church and you're in the Coon Rapids area, we meet every Sunday at 1030 at, uh, on Woodcrest Drive and uh, have a great time together in the house of the Lord. You're more than welcome to come and join us. Thankful that you've joined us here tonight. I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I believe that God gifts each and every one of us. Um, and I believe, for me at least, within Scripture, I, I know Several people break it down differently, but I believe there's at least three main elements of gifts that God has given to man. And if someone would carry a basket of fruit into your living room or kitchen tonight, uh, you would maybe have several different pieces of fruit, apples, orange, banana, whatever, grapefruit, but fruit nonetheless. And uh, likewise, when we look at the body of Christ, when we look at the local assembly and the universal church, we see different gifts, yet they all make up the church as a whole. And so when we begin to study the spiritual gifts or the gifts of the Spirit, uh, we will begin to get a picture of ourselves and how we fit and intertwine and connect to one another uh, within the confines or the boundaries of the body of Christ. And uh, I believe that there the questions that will rise in your mind about why you act the way you do, why you think the way you do, perceive things the way you do and respond to things um, of others and, and, and what others do to you um, and what makes us different and yet connected uh, will be answered when you realize what your gifting is. And we read in First Peter uh, 4.10 that everybody has some gift. He's given everybody some kind of a gift and we're to use the gifts that he's given us um, to express the manifold grace of God. And uh, uh, before we even go further, I, I need you to know that gifting is not a sign of spiritual dominance. It's not a sign of favoritism from God. Some people have different gifts than others. Your makeup is different. Your experiences are different. The way that we're wired is different. And so uh, there is no hierarchy of gifts, if you will. Uh, one gift is not greater than the other. Uh, the ultimate gift is the gift of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the ultimate gift, and everybody has that available to them. But then God uses the gifts of the Spirit, uh, or His spiritual gifts, to take us and blend us and unite us together as a body knitly tied together to express God's grace in the world. 
And when some of those giftings are missing, uh, then the world's not getting an accurate view of who God is. And I believe God is more interested in revealing the kingdom and revealing himself to people than he is about individual gifting. So when I'm talking about spiritual gifts, I'm not talking about things that we just get to use and things that we get to manifest. It's it's things that God is wanting to do and God is wanting to use to reveal himself to those that don't know him. And so these three different subgroups of gifts, if you will, and and I'm going to break two of them down very quickly, and then the third one we're going to spend the bulk of the time on tonight. But the first one is what I would classify as manifestation gifts. These are direct expressions of God through an individual. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these work that one and the self-same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And uh, the thing about these, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on breaking these down, but the Spirit of the Word of Wisdom, the word of knowledge, faith, gifts of the healing, etc. To me, most of those are, again, manifestation gifts. Manifestation does not come from us. Manifestation always comes from Him. And God uses these gifts to express Himself or reveal Himself or manifest Himself to others. And He can use anybody at any time for any one of these gifts. There is... Uh, nobody that I believe, at least this is the way I, I believe, and and uh, I believe that none of these gifts that are written, mentioned here in 1 Corinthians 12 um, are gifts that we perfect. We can maybe learn to hear the Spirit better, but it's hard to practice the word of knowledge when the word of knowledge is a gift to manifest God in a certain situation. So when, when you become proficient in the gift of knowledge, so to speak, what you're really being proficient at is hearing when God is speaking. And I believe these are the kinds of gifts that God can use anything. The key to these gifts is simply availability. If you're willing to hear and respond and obey, God can use you in any one of these gifts at any time because these are Him manifesting Himself to others. The, the manifestation gifts to me, I guess, let me put it in a different way, is the conduit that God uses to reveal himself to others and w whatever he needs to use. Uh, my response always to this measure is he even used Balaam's donkey in the Old Testament. He'll use whatever he needs to use that's available at that moment. And so when you're used in one of these gifts, it doesn't mean you're spiritually mature. It doesn't mean that you have been praying for 15 hours a day. It doesn't mean that you've been fasting for days on end. It just simply means in that moment, in that time where God wants to reveal himself in some circumstance, you are a ready vessel that God can use in that moment of time and that you're willing, at, no matter how spiritually immature or how, for lack of a better term, on top of your game you are with God, how tight your relationship is at that moment. It doesn't matter when that when God speaks in that moment, 
and manifest that gift, I believe that you can be used. And uh, so those are gifts are exciting because those are the ones that most of us respond to because there's something about having a church service when all of a sudden there is tongues and interpretation or when you heal, see somebody get healed in the name of the Lord or when you see somebody that has wisdom and knowledge and, and, and things of that na nature happen, that is a manifestation of God in that moment. And I believe that these gifts are temporary in nature. In other words, just because you're you're used in tongues or in interpretation, it doesn't mean that's all you're ever going to be used in, and that's your gift. Know that you were used in that that moment of time to manifest. So um, that that's to me the first subplot or subtext of the gifts of the spirit or spiritual gifts. The second one I would would I would identify as ministry gifts, ministry gifts, and for a somewhat understanding, I want to use the word positional, um, and I don't mean that in the sense of filling a certain position within a church, but definitely a certain office. And I get this from Ephesians uh, chapter 4, the fivefold ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge and of the Son of God, and, uh, and unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I believe God has given these fivefold ministry giftings to people. And what I, what I mean by position is I believe that the apostle of a church, the mouthpiece, if you will, of a church, that, 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 is, that becomes a positional uh, figure that God has called and placed within the body of Christ. Um, I, I believe one of the problems that we have in, in the church world today is there's too many evangelists trying to be pastors. There's too many pastors trying to be apostles. There's too many apostles trying to be prophets. And when we don't understand where our gifting is, now there's a lot of times that people are used in multiple offices, if you will, or office uh, uh, multiple giftings in the ministry gifts. So you can be an apostle and, and carry a uh, certain evangelistic type uh, ministry, but your primary focus becomes one of those. And I don't have time tonight to go into the different meanings. Maybe I'll take that another night and break that down. But that's what I mean by ministry gifts. It's, it's what you're called to do. It's what, how you're called to be used and uh, I personally am called at Spirit of Grace Church, I am called to be the apostle to this church. I'm the mouthpiece of God. I'm the one that the Lord sent to lead this group of people. And uh, that doesn't make me better than anybody else. It just makes me the apostle of this church. We have several pastors in our assembly. Pastors are, uh, they, they take care of the sheep. They take care of the, the flock. If I spend all my time dealing with all the people all the time, God, I wouldn't have the time for God to give me the big picture vision for where our local church is going. And that's what I mean by some apostles getting mixed up. The pastor isn't necessarily the apostle in some churches because a pastor is hands-on. Now, does that mean that I'm not hands-on? No, no, that I am hands-on. I fulfill the role of a pastor as well. But my primary purpose at Spirit of Grace Church is to stay plugged into the overall picture, the big picture of our local assembly, 
so that I can share the word of the Lord without hindrance. Um, and, and then I have people that are in our church that have the gift of pastoring or the gift of shepherding, overseeing, and uh, they can then help along with me and the vision that God has given the church uh, to become that pastor. We have people that are evangelists. We've got a gentleman that almost 24-7 is out in our in our communities um, sharing the word of the Lord with people. We have some that are teachers, that are phenomenal teachers. They, they fit there. We have some prophets um, that, that know how to explain to us and help us in, in understanding what thus saith the word of the Lord at this point in time. And uh, I believe that the leaders of the church um, would be wise if, whether you call it a senior pastor, a lead pastor, a bishop, whatever it is, uh, the main focal point of, or, or the main uh, leader, if you will, of a local assembly will have some of all of these giftings within them, but they may not be uh, proficient in all of them. And so it's the reason why we bring people in to fill. I've got to have, I don't have a natural inclination to uh, evangelism, so the Lord has united me with other people within our church that fulfill that role of an evangelist. I, I hope that makes sense. But uh, the ministry gifts are more of a positional, um, and there again, not in title, but in position, to fulfill a certain role within the body, to fulfill the, the teacher aspect or the pastor aspect or the apostle aspect of the church. That brings me to the to the main thrust of this uh, message tonight, and that is what I will call motivational gifts. I believe motivational gifts are the gifts that reside in each one of us that shape us or mold us in all of our activities, whether it be church activities, school activities, work activities. It, it defines who we are, and if we ever understand that uh, the, the gifts of the motivational gifts that God gives us, he lets us see uh, these different aspects of personality. Uh, the, the spiritual gifts of motivation have to do a lot with personality. It's, what, it's how we're wired. It's, it's the gift that God gives to us when we are born, where we're raised, and how we uh, fit everything into our lives together. Romans 12, 6 says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. Ministry, let us wait on our ministering. He that teaches on teaching, he that exhorteth on ex exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. And uh, I, I believe that while the first two... Uh, the first one being the manifestation gifts is anybody at any time, as long as they're available, God can use that person or persons to manifest himself to others. The second one is, I believe in church government, if you will, in spiritual government, God sets up certain positions within that government to fulfill a particular role. And he fills that with people that fit those callings and those giftings. And then these are giftings, uh, spiritual gifts that I believe that shape who we are, shape our personality. And so it's important that we understand, and as I'm teaching this, just think of how you approach situations and circumstances and, and what has come your way in life, and that will help define some of 
the spiritual gift that God has given according to the book of Romans. He's given it to us according to the grace that has been given to us. Each one of us is given a different type of grace, if you will, because he is giving us gifts that were differing. Um, again, there's not one gift that's better than the other. It's something that we have to fight against uh, because a lot of times we sit and we'll hear things like this and we'll elevate one gift above another. We've got to have all of these gifts, and I'm going to get I'm going to share seven with you based off of this passage of scripture. We have to have all of these gifts in operation within the local assemblies in order to make our assemblies healthy. And I believe here at Spirit of Grace Church, uh, we're we're getting better. We're not totally there in in operating within these gifts, but but man, we are we are on the way and God is using many people in many aspects of this uh, concept. Um, it's also important that these gifts, gifts are given to us by grace. It's If we have the opportunity then to use them, abuse them, or neglect them because of who we are, you can push it down, you can set it aside and neglect them and say, no, 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 that's not me. You can step up and be used by God, or you can even abuse them and use them the wrong way. Um, and, and so I'm reminded of the scripture that says, uh, help us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. And so these gifts are clearly um, established to form us and shape us. Uh, so here, here's the, I'm just going to break them down, each one. Uh, the first gift is the gift of the perceiver. The gift of the perceiver in our passage today, it could be the concept of, of prophecy. Um, I know prophecy gets a little bit confusing because um, we think of prophets like uh, Isaiah and Jeremiah that foretold what was going to come, but prophecy is both foretelling and forthtelling. The prophet is really the perceiver of the group and perceives not what is coming down for 10 years necessarily, but what is happening in the spirit. They understand the will of God and how to walk in order to fulfill that will. A perceiver is somebody that is able to uh, take everything in and through the giftings that God has placed in them, begin to formulate uh, to make that understanding clear so that you see what's happening. Because I've, I've always taught it this way. What you see in the natural is most often a reflection of, of what's already happening in the spiritual. And we need the perceivers to be able to gather the evidence of what's happening in the spiritual realm so that it explains what's going on in the natural realm. And the gift of the perceiver, we have to have that. This is, these gifts and this gift is a gift that we can nurture, that we can train, that we can practice, that we can get used to uh, as we grow in him because this is about him forming us by the grace that he's given us in order to become better at it than what we are. And the only way that we can become better at it is understanding and connecting things in the spirit. Uh, I use this example quite often. When I was in Bible college uh, years ago, um, my mother-in-law really knew how, and still does, but knows how to pray with people, especially around the altar. And so when I went to college, I realized that she did, and what I would do is I would follow her around when it came to altar time, and I would listen to her pray to people, and I would watch how she dealt with the person that was praying, and as she was doing that, I was 
logging, if you will, in my spirit, what I was sensing in the spirit, and I began to line up what I was sensing to what she was saying, and then I began to practice that over the years. And when that sense of the spirit came to me, I began to pray, not just out of the blue, but based off of what I had heard and realized that I was accurate, (laughs) that God was using me in that way. And so perception or the gift of the perceiver doesn't just happen. It's something that we cultivate. It's something that we pray about. It's something that we work on, whether uh, consciously or unconsciously. It's something that we absorb. And so we need the perceiver. The second one is the server, the one that does things, the doer, the one that gets it taken care of. Uh, the, The server is someone that truly desires to help others, whether they deserve the help or not. They just want to. They just want to act. They just want to do. They they want to put their hands on something, and get it accomplished, whether the people that are receiving it deserve it or not. And uh, we're we're thankful to have many servers within Spirit of Grace Church, but the doer is the one that gets it done and, and helps it out. The teacher. This the, the 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 gift of the teacher is more than just being able to get up and talk. The teacher is the person that loves to read that loves to research, loves to dig deep into things, and then be able to communicate the findings of what they've read and researched and dug out uh, to share with somebody else. And and so we've got to have that. We've got them in our church. We're blessed to have them. And uh, I've been blessed to be around teachers. Uh, I would say one of my giftings is a teacher. I love to read. I love to research. And I love when God opens up something for me to share and to communicate when God opens up an understanding that I hadn't seen before. So that's the gift of the teacher. Then there is the gift of the exhorter. This is the one that likes to talk more. Uh, These are the ones that love to encourage. They love to lift up. They love to live victoriously. They are uh, oftentimes, I would say most of the time, an exhorter is a very positive thinker and someone that is optimistic about the future. Um, Let me just take a pause here and say that the exhorter and the teacher bounce off of one another um, because the teacher can begin to dig things out and the truths that are there uh, can begin to look very bleak and very dim and very dark. And the exhorter will turn that around and make it very exciting. Let me give you an example. You do any kind of reading or research about the status of society today, and when you dig and you research, it's not going to be be very bright. Uh, I don't think the world is is doing well right now. I don't think it's going in the right direction right now. As a teacher, I can pull all of that out and say, doom and gloom, Uh, there's no hope, there's nothing happening. The exhorter will come in, and he will be able to, because or she will be able to, because they are positive thinkers, they're optimistic about the future, they'll take the dark information that we have dug up in research about our society today as teachers, and they will put the positive spin and be able to say, though it's dark, and though what the teachers brought out is dark, the, the future is bright because God's kingdom overrides that which is happening. And so I hope that makes sense. The exhorter is the one that uh, that will lift you up, that doesn't... Uh, worry about the facts in regard to whether they're positive or negative. They'll find the positive in every fact. And uh, it doesn't mean they deny 
that which isn't, but they live their lives on a, a plane of optimism. And we've got to have that, especially in the day that we're living in. We need to have those exhorters. Um, now, let me just pause as well to say the perceiver, the server, the teacher, the exhorter, they don't necessarily need to be the people that are up front that you see all the time that stand up with a microphone. An exhorter could just be somebody that shakes your hand with a smile and says, God is good and uh, have a great week. It's been a wonderful week. We've enjoyed the weather, even though it's been hot. And you, you understand what I'm saying? It, it doesn't need to be somebody that gets up in front of the congregation, so to speak, um, and speak. It's just, it, it comes out, again, these are personality type gifts. These are what make us who we are. And uh, I love walking up to people that are exhorters that you never hear them speak, but oh, a smile comes on their face when you walk in the door and they greet you and everything is always going well, even if they're not, because they know that God's in control of everything. Again, it's, it's a way of looking at things. It's a perspective. Number five, the gift is the gift of a giver. Now, I know that we should all give and that the word of God challenges us all to give. But there is, there are certain people that are gifted as givers. This is someone that loves to give their time or their talent, their energy, their finance uh, to benefit others and advance the gospel. These are the people that look for opportunities to present their gift or giving to others. Um, the, the example that I always use for this is my father-in-law uh, was all, always had the gift of a giver, whether it be hanging a door whether it be fixing something that was broken, uh, or especially with his finance, he was always looking for an opportunity to give. Uh, the one that's gifted in giving is the one that's looking for an opportunity. And uh, there was one time that uh, I remember we were having special services, and so we weren't going to take up an offering on an off night. It was We took up our normal offerings on an off night. And... Uh, you know, he had given in every offering before, and so he wondered why we weren't taking up an offering in the special service, uh, because that was his way of ministering to the body. He was a giver. He wanted to give in every opportunity that he could, and he did it all the way until the Lord brought him home. Uh, number six is an administrator. Um, this person loves to lead, organize, and oversee uh, the success of a particular project. Part of the problem with what, what I believe is part of the problem with a lot of churches, if you will, is they're missing one of these gifts. And, and a lot of times it's the administrator. Um, I believe the administrator is almost equally as important as the quote-unquote clergy because the administration or the administrator is the one that looks at the big picture and, you know, I, I, I can get up on, on a Sunday and I can preach this huge, massive vision about where God is taking the church, but we need to have those that have the gift of the administrator to break them down into smaller areas where we can focus brick by brick in order to get to the big vision. That's what an administrator does. They're the ones that know how to create a spreadsheet, figure out where everything fits. It doesn't mean that they're in control of everything, but we, we to, to create a plan, to create a purpose for everything else, it falls into place. 
so that we're not stepping on each other's toes, we're not tripping over each other, but we're consistently growing in the things of God. And then the last one, a person of compassion. This is somebody that is moved with the compassion of the Lord, that wants to show forth love and care to those in needs. I believe that with these seven gifts, the perceiver, the server, the teacher, the exhorter, the giver, the administrator, the person of compassion, every person has one of at least one of these gifts, if not multiple aspects of these gifts within their personality that God has planted in them. Not everybody has all of the motivational gifts, or I'm sorry, all the ministry gifts or the manifestation gifts. Those are gifts that are used differently, but these gifts, what I call motivational gifts, uh, are all somebody has one of these at least in their lives because it's it's hardwired into us. We are raised as a server or a perceiver or a teacher or an exhorter. God God cultivates that through our experiences. Some of us will look back after this lesson on some of the things that we've been through, and if we're honest with ourselves, we can say, "Oh, I see now what God was doing. He was trying to mold." the teacher in me. He was trying to mold the giver in me. He was trying to show me the administration. He was trying to have, to give me the gift of compassion. Um, and the other thing is, is not everybody is, you can almost sometimes rank these. We may have, somebody may have all seven of these, but they may not be their strongest gift. They From strongest to, I'll give you an example. For me, um, there's some things that that, that I'm very good at here, and there's some things that I'm not as good at. And uh, we've got to have people that fill the gaps with one another. Again, a building fitly framed together is how Paul told us in Ephesians. A body, many members, but one body united together. And we each of us are operating within our motivational gifts. The body begins to flow together and become stronger. And... Uh, the substance, I believe, that causes all of these gifts to function in the individual's lives and then therefore brings it together in the corporate life is simply faith. Romans 12.3 lets us know that we have all been given a measure of faith. And faith is the ability and the desire to say, really, thy will be done. Thy will be done. It's not my will. I'm trusting in you. I'm trusting your will. So in other words, the ways that our gifts function is to find out what God wants us to be doing and throw ourselves into that, and you'll see that your gifts will begin to flourish. Um, I've, I've said everybody has one or more of these gifts, so all of us have a responsibility to figure out what those giftings are and define them in us and strengthen them uh, for several reasons. Number one, we are commanded to use our gifts to benefit others. Um, I wouldn't be what I am today if it wasn't for uh, the mindset of carrying out the power that God has put in me and expressing it to others. Um, so we have to we're, we have to benefit use it to benefit others. Number two, our gift can be observed in childhood. Every child has been given a certain bent or on what they will become. And so it's imperative, therefore as adults, in their lives, that we are conscious of what those gifts are and assist them in growing. You can see this if you have more than one child. One child can have a totally different bent than the other child. And um, um, one can be that outgoing, 
exhorter kind, and that other can be a teacher, some can be a server, some can, and it's just inside of each one of them is different. And parents can avoid great frustration if you just identify the bent of your children, the gifting of your children, and lead them to the strengths and not force them into their weaknesses. Uh, Proverbs 22.6 says, train them up in the way that they should go, and uh, when they're old, they will not depart from it. A lot of people take that and preach, well, they've got to be taught in the doctrine, and they've got to be taught the right way. That's, But if you really look at that passage, it has more to do with figuring out who your child is and then training them in that direction so that God can lead them so that when they're older, you have already uh, cultivated the giftings that, that they possess already and they become successful in what God says. In First Timothy, we're, said, we're commanded not to neglect our gift. And then the last thing that I want to talk to you about tonight before we close in prayer is our gifts color, quote-unquote, everything we see. Our giftings give us our perspective. So, for instance, a perceiver will look at life through a perceiver's eyes. Everything will look good, bad, right, wrong, in God's will or out of God's will. There's very little gray areas with the perceiver, if any at all. And the perceiver cannot help to, to look at life that way. And the reason why it's important to understand that is that explains a lot of why we look at things the way we do. If I'm a perceiver, if I understand that the concept of the perceiver colors everything that I look at, now it explains why I look at one situation one way and somebody else looks at it another. It doesn't mean that they're wrong and I'm right or I'm wrong and they're right. It's just we're approaching it from a different point of view. A server will approach reality with the attitude that asks this question, what can I do to help in this situation? Uh, this person, the, the one that has the gift of a server, it, they only see opportunities to do things for others. And it doesn't matter what it is. It's maybe cooking, cleaning, fixing, operating, doing whatever needs to be done. Uh, number three, a teacher will search for the truth and everything he encounters. He doesn't just listen and accept everything he hears. It, it, he hears something and then he goes and he searches it out and he digs deep and he figures out what it's being, what's being said before he makes an established decision. Uh, that That's me. Um, I can hear something preached, and it'll sound really nice, but the teacher in me says, okay, let me go to the Word, and let me find out if that's really what the, the, the Word says, or if the preacher was just taking his own license, or was he coming from a different point of view. And over the years, I have found that you can look at different topics in Scripture and look at them from a different perspective. And as a teacher... I'll see one perspective, but then I start digging and researching, and all of a sudden the Lord opens up different perspectives, and that passage means twice, three times, four times as many things as it did to me originally. An exhorter will only see things that they can do in order to encourage those around them. Uh, I love an exhorter because you can't, it's hard to stay depressed around an exhorter, it's hard to stay discouraged around an exhorter because all they look for is the good in things. The giver will invest his time, talent, energy into providing for others. They look for that opportunity. It, it's it's their second heartbeat. Um, and, and sometimes they get taken for a ride because of their generosity. But uh, even when they're taken for a ride, they don't, that doesn't dampen their excitement to be able to help and to give. 
the, the administrator, like we said, will use a broad view and grasp the overall dimensions of any situation and bring them down into small uh, bite-sized chunks, so to speak, so that you can operate more effectively. And then the person of compassion sees the wounds and the hurts behind the facade, behind the fake smiles, and will do whatever they can to try and bind up those wounds. So it's an important thing to remember that every person will often ask the question, why don't others see the way I do? It's as plain as day. Are they just blind? Well, no, it's because our gifting strength, if you will, perceives the whole situation through our strongest gifting. And so it's, it's vital that we're aware not only of our own gifts, but the gifts of others. And it will explain why some people act the way they do and some don't. And then all seven gifts are of equal value. God put these giftings in us to make us whole. If we don't have all these gifts within the church, within the body of Christ, our, our church is not healthy. It's not going to grow. It's not going to be strong. We've got to have the perceiver. We've got to have the server. We've got to have the giver. We've got to have the exhorter. We've got to have the teacher. We've got to have the administrator. We've got to have the person of compassion. All of those are equal in the sight of God and equal to the value of the body of Christ. If one gift isn't there, it causes a void um, in the overall functioning of the body. And I think sometimes we forget that because if this, if, if, if we're just a preaching church and and God moves when we're preaching or when we're singing or when we're teaching. and But we have to realize that he also preaches as we serve food, as we have fellowship, as we meet the needs of others, as we do things in excellence and in order. And uh, all these things play together and we can't do any of it without the giver. So all of these giftings play together to support the kingdom of God. Um the reason why some of them seem to be more prevalent is usually due to the setting of our lives. Uh, and it's kind of interesting. Uh, this has been a while ago, but I saw a, uh, a poll, um, a survey that came out that said the gift that's most often used within churches is the gift of compassion. And the, re the, the study said the reason is because everyone needs or everyone has needs and the person of compassion can usually see his or her gift functioning at that moment. But uh, there's all different kinds of percentages. This particular survey, uh, from whatever churches they, they took this survey from, 12% were perceivers, 17 were servers, 6 were teachers, 16 were exhorters, 6% were givers, 13 were administrators, and 30 was people of compassion. I, I hope that helps you tonight because... I believe that where God is leading the church, both the local assembly and the universal church in this last days, and I do believe we're coming into the last days if we're not already there, I believe that God is wanting to have a well-balanced, healthy church. And the only way that he can do that is if people are available for those manifestation gifts. God, just use me. I know I'm imperfect. I know I'm not right, but just let me be conduit for you. And let me be used in those manifestation gifts. We need to have all of the uh, ministry gifts, all of the positions, if you will, or the, the main subtext of the church, the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist. We've got to have all of them in place, uh, all of those different op uh, ministry opportunities, 
our, but ministry operations functioning in our church. If we don't have the prophet, but we have the apostle, we're missing the prophet. It's well balanced. And then we've got to have these seven uh, motivational or personality gifts within our church. Praise God. I pray this, if you're part of Spirit of Grace Church or part of the universal body uh, together, I pray that you would just search your spirit this week, search his spirit, try to connect with him and say, God, just begin to reveal to me where I fall in the scope. God, am I a perceiver? Am I a server? Am I a teacher? Am I an exhorter? Am I a giver? Am I an administrator? Am I a person of compassion? And not only what am I, God, but what can I do to maximize the gifting that you placed in me? Because more than anything, we are heading into an age where the kingdom of God must be strong, must be united, must be moving in the same direction, and must be whole. And I believe God is calling us to that and doing that. I want to thank you for being with us tonight. Let the spiritual gifts resonate within you this week. And should the Lord tarry, those of you that are local, we'll be back together on Sunday morning at 1030. Looking forward to a great service together in the presence of God. Would you just close your eyes with me for just a moment? Jesus, I pray that you would let us see and get a glimpse of who we are in you. Allow the giftings, God, to be made manifest. In each one, Lord, I pray, God, that you would let them be used for your glory. Let the power of the Holy Ghost manifest itself in them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.